Hello and good afternoon. I'm your host today, Avner Belsky, and we are back with another episode on Avner Sports Throwdown. Today, I have a very special guest with me. Please welcome Mr. Brad Johnson, who's a former NFL quarterback, Super Bowl champ, and two-time Pro Bowler. Thank you so much, Mr. Johnson, for joining me on my podcast today. So let's begin. The first question is, how did you first get drawn to the sport of football, and did you have any role models growing up that helped you uh, pursue it? Yeah, I, I grew up in Brighton, North Carolina as a kid. Uh, my dad ran summer camps uh, called Camp Ridgecrest and Camp Ridgecrest for boys and girls. And so I grew up playing two square and four square and swimming in lakes and archery and horseback and basketball. And I love sports. And so my kids, my, my parents, my, my mom, she was a PE teacher and later became assistant principal. My dad coached me, coached all my teams. And so I love sports. I was fortunate enough to have good coaches around me. And then um, I think I think it was really cool. My parents, they just spent a lot of time with me in the backyard and just playing games and whatever it may be. So I always look at my parents as my role models. Um, and um, I love and growing up, basketball is my favorite sport, along with football. And I grew up you know, watching Larry Bird and Chris Mullen and those kind of things. and just was inspired by, by a lot of great other athletes. That's awesome. And did you like basketball more than football or vice versa? Yeah, I did. I, growing up as a kid, basketball was my first love. I never missed a day from second grade all the way through my freshman year of college. And I never missed a day of playing basketball. And uh, I would shoot um, or something. I would get some shots in every day. So, But at some point, you know, I was a good football player, but I never really worked at it as hard as I did basketball. And um, basketball is just something, you know, you can do in your backyard. You can always find a pickup game. And football, you, you really don't do those things. So, uh, but basketball, is, I say, just more fun to me. But as I got older through my, you know, when I got to be a senior in high school, I had to choose and what sport I wanted to play in college. And so I decided that I had more potential in football than I did in basketball. And that's kind of the route that I ended up choosing. That's awesome. And yeah, I totally get what you mean. Basketball is just a fun sport to pick up and play and you can play with your friends and it's a little harder to do that with football, but obviously you made the right choice and it ended up great for you. So that's awesome. Uh, the next question is, so growing up, you attended a school in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, you were a two sport athlete uh, for basketball and football. You were an all American for football and you got all state honors for basketball. I'm sure you got scholarship offers to play both um, in college. How'd you choose to, how'd you choose and make that hard decision? It was tough. I, I was probably a better basketball player in high school than I was college, than I was in football. Um, and I really wanted to go play for a guy named Bobby Kremlins, who was at Georgia Tech, the head coach there. And so he offered me a scholarship. And, but he said, Brad, he said, I got a guy named Dennis Scott that's coming in here. And said, he's probably going to start. He's an All-American. And Dennis Scott ended up playing 11 years in the NBA. And he changed my life. and didn't even know about it. But Kramer was like, you know, what do you think you have more potential in? And so I said, well, I got more potential in football, but I just haven't honed in on those skills yet. And so it kind of helped me, you know, think about what was my long-term goals of being a professional athlete and, so I ended up choosing to go to Florida State. At that time, there was a guy named Benny Testaverde. He played at the University of Miami. He wore the jersey number 14. And, and that was where the, 
the style of play, the most prototypical kind of quarterbacks were getting bigger in the pocket and, and those kind of things. So that's, that, you know, it's a hard choice, but I had to look long-term goals. I ended up choosing Florida State to go play football. That's great. And do you think if that guy uh, ended up not starting, would you have gone to Georgia Tech, played basketball, and seen where that career would have played out? how that would have happened? Or do you think you still would have gone with your full ride to Florida State? Yeah, no, I think I would have really looked at it hard at Georgia Tech, but that's why I really appreciated Bobby Kramer as the head coach. He's like, it wasn't about him. It wasn't about just his program. It was like, what's best for you, you know? And he's, a lot of times you're not going to get that in college recruiting. They're going to take, you know, the player they get or the best player they get not necessarily what's best for you sometimes. And so it's just some wisdom that he had and it made me kind of think about my decision where I kind of want to go in my life career-wise. And so I, I probably still would have chosen football going to Florida State regardless of Dennis Scott or not. But that kind of – it did kind of uh, spur it on a little quicker. Yeah, like you said, having that honest coach, having that honest recruitment process uh, is so key to finding the success that you did. So. That's awesome. Um, so the next question is, so it seemed like you had a very similar college slash NFL draft experience compared to Tom Brady in a way. You were drafted late and sort of overlooked as quarterback and found tre- a tremendous amount of excess in the NFL. Can you describe your college career and your draft experience to my audience tonight? Yeah, the, the little bit of the difference is Tom Brady, he started two years at Michigan. He played 25 games. He won a bowl game, Orange Bowl. It may have won a different, another bowl game, too. So he was a six-round pick. I was a guy that only started six games in college at University of Florida State. So I didn't get to play much. I got benched and you know, had to choose, you know, you quit the sport, you <laughs> transfer, yeah. what do you do, you know? So I was a ninth-round pick, 227th pick of the 1992 draft, 14th quarterback taken that year. So – you know what? People people have different stories, different adversities they got to overcome, and and so somehow you find a chip on your shoulder. And you know, I was fortunate enough to play 17 years in the NFL. And, I mean, Tom Brady, and he's I think he's in his 22nd year. So it's amazing career he's had, and I'm very thankful for you know my time too. Yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, you honestly just have to prove everyone wrong, and like you did. In the NFL, you found your success and you had a outstanding career. Um, so the next question is, as you entered your first couple of seasons in the NFL, you were a third-string quarterback. Um, can you tell me what kind of stuff you did on and off the field um, in order to finally work your way up into becoming a, uh, a consistent starter? Yeah, my first three years in the NFL, I didn't get a snap in practice not games in practice. So I did, you know, it's tough. So what are you going to do in your lonely time, you know? So I would spend you know, my off seasons. I, I got to where I was always working out, running and lifting and stuff. But I said, you know what, if I'm, I really got to understand the game. So I would go in all seasons, I'd go to a library and I'd take all my notes. I'd take a red pen, blue pen, yellow pen, green pen, pink pen, and write, write down my plays and write down the protections and write down the formations of coverages and so I, I need to know my playbook inside out my dad always told me it's better to be prepared and not have an opportunity 
then I have an opportunity and not be prepared. So I knew in those lonely days of, you know, you got to do the physical work, you got to do the mental work, and then you got to be able to embrace adversity. So, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of the route I took. That's so interesting and awesome because most, I guess, third string quarterbacks, even some second string quarterbacks, they're never ready to when their number's called for that starting role, whenever the starter goes down, they're never fully prepared to uh, take over that spot. And from what you just described, like uh, all the training you did, all the practice and your plays and library and writing them out, it seemed like you were prepared for your chance when you got it. So that's that work ethic is key for success. Um, so the next question is, one of the things that people may not know about you is you were the first quarterback in history to complete a touchdown pass to yourself. Can you run me through that play slash scenario that you're in when that kind of unique touchdown uh, happened? Yeah, I think it was uh, 1996. The play was called Dotless Spear Rip Dallas. And we were on the three yard line. And basically it was a little sticker out by the tight end and <clears throat> I threw the pass, the ball got deflected up, up in the air to me, and I caught it, and I scrambled to my right and dove into the end zone. And ended up being 12 points for fantasy football and being an <laughs> NFC, I mean, ended up being an NFL play of the year. So there's a play where you, when you, if you throw a pass forward, you can't, you can't throw two, a double pass forward, you know? So I knew the rules, and I knew it was still on third down, and knew that. You know, if I did get tackled, that we were still in field goal range. And so it was just a unique play that <clears throat> that's only happened twice. Marcus Mariota did it with Tennessee Titans a few years back. But I was the first one to do it. It's just kind of a cool play. And I'd say you were the first one to do it. Now, did you ever try to come up with any other, I guess, quote unquote, trick plays like that? Or did you just honestly stick to the basics and mainly the playbook? Yeah, you can't you can't really draw those up when yeah. that kind of happens. So uh, I think just you know just be ready for any moment that happens and make the right play and then, you know make the small plays and usually the big ones will kind of happen some some kind of crazy like that. So that was that was one of them for sure. Exactly. Yeah. I mean that's crazy. Now after you made the pass and it was deflected and you caught it. Was there like a little stutter there or like a little shock to you that you, the ball is back in your hands after you passed it? Or did you just uh, take off running to, for the end zone? Yeah, it just happened so fast. Sometimes that stuff will happen in practice, but a lot of times you're just, you're taught to bat it down. Because <clears throat> usually if you catch it where you are, you've lost the yardage, you know? And so or you don't want it to get picked, so you knock it down. So, but this was one that was close enough where I knew we were in field goal range regardless. I caught it. I'm like, what just took place? And then started running. And then all of a sudden, I felt like I could score. And then I did. And then, like, we didn't know what it was, you know? It ended up being a touchdown pass, touchdown catch to yourself. And it was just a crazy play. You just kind of happened to be at the right place at the right time. That's awesome. Um, so, next question is winning a Super Bowl is basically the dream of every young aspiring football player, every player in, at the collegiate level, and every player in the NFL. And you were lucky enough to be in that small group of people. 
Can you tell me about the most memorable moments throughout the game and how you felt after you knew that you were a Super Bowl champion? Yeah, I mean, it was awesome. Going to the game, just the bus ride there, <clears throat> had a police escort. Both sides of the road were shut down, not just one. You know, I was in San Diego in 2003, and uh, I remember the national anthem, Celine Dion singing God Bless America, the Dixie Chick singing the national anthem, and <clears throat> Larry Zonka and Bob Greasy, Don Shula doing the coin flip, and then, you know, you're in the game. And, and so it's a game where you all your life, you sat there on, on the couch at some party watching the game. And, you know, at the end of the game, somebody's going to say they're going to Disneyland with confetti falling on their head. So, but when in the middle of the game, you can't think like that. You got to do six of your fundamentals and the way you've been talking, your plays that you're running, and then just kind of get lost in the game. It's just another game. And when the game is over, you know, the confetti fall and confetti fell. And I was holding my son, Max, who's two years old. And my wife, Nikki, she's seven and a half months pregnant with our other son, Jake. And we say we're going to Disneyland. You know, it just... It's an incredible experience. I got to throw two touchdown passes in the game. Uh, South right, nickel 41 kill, 374 wasp. Threw a fade stop to Kenny McCardell on the right-hand side. And then threw another pass, uh, punch left, 73 scat Z-jerk. Kenny McCardell over the middle over an option route. It was, just, it was an awesome time, you know? And uh, you weren't thinking about anything but your team and just being in the moment, you know? It was pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, that's definitely a memory that will be uh, with you for the rest of your life. And that's something you don't forget. So that's incredible. And were you, would you say that you were in the zone from, I guess, warmups to the end of that fourth quarter? Or were you like thinking about after the game or thinking about like, wow, I made that incredible play afterwards? Or are you just in the zone and just thinking about that final? that final victory. Yeah, you, you're just thinking about the game. You know what I mean? You've worked all season long. You went to mini camps, training camps, and played 16-game season, playoff games, and just, you know, you're just playing another game, you know, regardless of how many people are watching on TV or realizing there's going to be a Lombardi trophy handed out to the winner when it's over. You just got to play the, the plays that you've been taught. And... You don't try to you don't try to make the game any bigger than what it already is. You just you know, there's gonna be a final outcome, but I think just sticking to you know the playbook and game plan and then making the plays and then you know all kind of worked out for us. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, and so the next question is now I know I didn't give these to you, but um, with the upcoming NFL season uh, right around the corner, who do you think could be our next Super Bowl champions. Oh gosh, there's no telling. There's so many good teams, and I mean, you could find Kansas City and Tampa being back at it again. Sure, a lot of people are saying that, but you know what? Green Bay had the number one seed, and then, you know, Cleveland and Buffalo had great teams last year, and they surround. They got great systems and coaches. I don't know. You know, it's gonna be interesting, but I think you know the kind of team I'm kind of interested to see and how do it. Two two teams are actually the uh, L.A. Chargers and the L.A. Rams. All right. I'm really curious to see how both those teams just kind of find their ways this year. It would be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, no, they definitely have a strong team. And, I mean, with uh, the Rams 
acquiring uh, Matthew Stafford, but also having uh, Cam Akers go down. That's a big blow for them. But I mean, they're both de- they're both definitely going to get in the playoffs, and we'll see where that takes them. I mean, sometimes you have the underdog winning the Super Bowl some years, so you never know. So I'm interested to see where the season takes us. Um, so next question is, spending 15-plus years in the NFL, you have to have some funny or really cool stories to tell Maybe that maybe not everyone knows. Would you mind sharing one of those with me? Yeah, you know, when, when um, in 1998, uh, Minnesota Vikings, we had uh, we drafted this guy named Randy Moss out of Marshall University, and uh, he was the college receiver of the year, Fred McCoff win, award winner, and, and so he came in there with high expectations, and I remember on Wednesdays, we do our scouting reports, so the, the defense line coach would stand up, and he'd tell you the players that were on the defense line, and say, this guy's, you know, six. 6'2", 320 pounds, nose guard, and these are the different fronts that they run, different twists they run. And then the linebacker coach would stand up, and then they would say, you know, this this linebacker, he's, you know, he's 6'1", 235 pounds, went to this university, these are things he's good at, and so so on. It kind of went through you know, all, the, all the different linebackers, linebackers, and then it comes to the receivers coach. And our receivers coach, his name was Axe Hubbard. And he'd get up and he's getting ready to talk about the DBs and the coverages that they ran. And I remember Randy Moss, he said, he said, I ain't going to use the words he said, but he, he said, sit your butt down. He said, it don't matter what coverage, who they got, what they're doing, we're going to run right by them. We're going to torch them all day long. <laughs> we don't need to just sit down. We're just going to beat them like a drum, you know? So it's pretty cool as a rookie that he was that, that good, that confident. And he was right about it. It didn't matter who they had or what covers they played. He was going to light them up, and he did. Yeah, he had a pretty legendary uh, career. So having that confidence that early is incredible for, I guess, any rookie. I don't even know if Trevor Lawrence would have that much confidence. Um, but that that's awesome. Um, so the next question is, and this is sadly the last question, so I usually like ending my interviews off like this. If you have one piece of advice to give to young aspiring athletes or to my audience in general, what would that be? I'd tell you to have a passion about whatever you want to do in life. You know, it doesn't matter what it is, but have a passion about it. Be don't learn the tricks of the trade. Learn the trade. Be great at it. And embrace adversity. Accept the challenge. And deal with failures and, and and learn from it and move on and, and, and rely on that passion of what what you want to accomplish in life and and you know things aren't always gonna work out but if you believe if you work at it you have a passion things will eventually work out for yourself you know and then live with no regrets of whether you accomplished it or not that you did your best you know and uh, I, I'd say that do your best and uh, that's how I'd say it well, thank you so much, Mr. Johnson. I'm sure my audience will appreciate that note. Well, um, thank you so much for joining me on my podcast today. It was truly an honor and a pleasure having the opportunity to hear about your professional football career. That's Abner Belsky interviewing Brad Johnson, who's a former NFL.